Hey everybody, my name is Pat Cohan with AD Insider, and for this Thursday 30 episode, we're gonna take you to Round Rock, Texas for the Texas High School Athletic Directors Association State Conference. This episode is jam-packed with lecture session highlights, interviews, Google tutorials, and a trip through the trade show to learn about new vendors and technologies you might need in 2023. But if you don't teach a kid how to meet that standard, they'll never do it and they can never be held accountable. We're looking at ways that Google can help you save time, be more efficient. How do you advise someone who has an unrealistic view of their readiness to be an athletic director? <laughs> Give me a minute, man. However, <laughs> I missed my cue. <laughs> Are we filming? Oh my. <laughs> Before we dive into all of this, we want to thank our partner in this episode, and that's Hometown Ticketing. Hometown's digital ticketing platform is unlike anything else available on the market. With easy-to-use features, industry-leading security, and a massive customer support team of experts that have your back, Hometown provides your school or organization with more support, more security, and more customization than anyone else. If you're interested in learning more, go to hometownticketing.com. Thanks so much for joining us, and we hope you enjoy this. 80 Insider, Thursday 30. When it comes time for accountability, what does it take to hold someone account accountable? It takes an expectation, it takes equipping, and it takes encouragement. And these things are hard to do. It's easier just to lower the standard, to have a high expectation. But expectation alone is worthless if it doesn't also have equipping and encouragement. You can have the highest standard in the world, but if you don't teach a kid how to meet that standard, they'll never do it and they can never be held accountable. If you don't encourage them while they're doing the hard stuff, they'll just get discouraged, throw in the towel and quit. Most kids will quit not because they can't do something, but because they get discouraged. And so as we look at this, we go, what's interesting to me is students tell me, I want trustworthy, accountable teammates. I ask them, I said, what do you need the most help with? You know what they told me? Being accountable. The coaches tell me to hold my teammates accountable, but they didn't teach me how, and that makes it a lose-lose for me. You see, that they had the expectation of holding a teammate accountable, but they didn't have the equipping with it. They didn't have the encouragement with it. A lose-lose for a kid in this situation is this. If I hold my teammate accountable and I get it wrong, I lose the friendship to make coach happy. If I don't do it and I make coach mad, then I save the friendship. It's a lose-lose either way. That's why, so we asked, how do we help kids hold one another accountable? The same way that we hold the standard to let themselves be accountable. Expectation, equipping, and encouragement. That leads to accountability. We set the standard and we hold it. When it gets hard and we want to lower it, we increase our, our equipping. We teach them how to get better. And then along the way, we encourage them as they do the really hard stuff. But understand this, trustworthiness, accountability, all of that is impossible without integrity. My name is Laura Cahey. I'm Assistant Athletic Director from McKinney ISD, and we're looking at ways that Google can help you save time, be more efficient. So as in any department, you're going to have budgets that you have to stay within, and you're accountable to your central office to stay within those budgets. And we found one that our coaches struggled with was transportation. Uh, there were several different variables that affected the cost of a trip, and we would give our coach their total budget, but they didn't understand how, you know, what type of driver they used or what type of bus they requested affected their costs. So what we did was we created this Google Sheet where they could go and input their entire schedule. 
And the three things that, well, there's four things that really drive the cost of a trip in our district, whether or not it was going to be a coach driver or we have to hire a Durham driver, which type of bus they wanted to take. Yellow is just like a regular old yellow dog. But in our district, a blue and white is the activity bus, has a little more storage underneath. Everybody likes them. They're a little more cushy. And then how long that trip is going to take in hours and what the round trip mileage is. And all these different variables based on what you choose could drastically change the outcome of a cost for a trip. And I'll give you an example. If we have a coach driver with a yellow bus and we're going to drive, we're going to be gone for eight hours because it's a wrestling tournament and it's only maybe 50 miles round trip. You can see before I hit enter over to the side for the sample sport, they're a budgeted $4,200. So as they enter each individual trip they're gonna take, we've got some formulas working on the back end so they can see exactly what the cost of this trip is doing. So for this coach to drive the bus to this, you can see now we've gone down to a little over $4,070. All right, well, that exact same trip, if I were to change that to a Durham driver instead of a coach, you can see we're going to go down a little bit more. They're a little more expensive to use. So what this did for us is our coaches, our head coaches, um, they would probably rather have somebody else drive them to their game because they can concentrate on what they're about to do. Um, but it is cheaper for the district if a coach drives. So what they can do then is prioritize when they want to use a hired driver versus when they're going to ask someone on their staff to drive for them, and they're still going to be able to stay in budget. Um, if you do eventually go below this, they're allotted amount. We've formulated it so it'll turn red, and they actually print this off with them when they come to their beginning of the season meeting, and we take a look and make sure everybody's in the green, and if they weren't able to manage to keep it in the green, we talk about ways they can go back and adjust so that they can be within budget. And since we've started doing this, we've seen almost 95% of our programs are able to stay within budget every single season. There's always going to be things that pop up and change at the last minute, but this has been a really great tool for us and to help our coaches be accountable to us, and then for us as an admin to be accountable to central office when we turn in our expenses. A lot of people say that, like, yeah. we hire great people. Correct. And it's very broad, and, correct. and it's and like, it, yeah. how do you and define it's not, it's it? It's pretty subjective. How do I you define those, what a great process so is? So our process, I guess the best way to answer that is to show you our process. So once we come up with what we call a short list, uh, we take those names to our HR department, Human Services, and what they do is they start the background operations. You know, anything that's, you know, outstanding or anything like that. Once they come out pretty clear, then what we do is we do what's called a pre-screen. And they send those six to eight applicants a pre-screen link and an email that says, congratulations, you're on to round one of the interview process. In that pre-screen link, it's five questions that our athletic department has come up with. I'll give you an example. One of the questions is, um, tell us why you coach. Uh, second question, uh, what would people say about the way you coach, your style? Uh, uh, why do you coach the way you do? And just to kind of get, and it's basically, they, they look into a camera at home, and they answer those questions. We get that video link back, we give them a deadline in about two days, and then we vet through those. And based on those six, eight videos, we come up with an even shorter list of our top three or four. And those are the ones we bring in for round two, which is face-to-face -face interviews. And in our interview process, we don't really like the 10 questions committee, because you can miss a lot. And some people interview great. So what we do is we send out an email Congratulations, you're on to round two. Uh, when you come on, your interview is set up for Tuesday, one o'clock. You're gonna provide us with a 10 minute presentation 
you can use PowerPoint, you can use a hard copy, you can use soft copy, anything you want. And you're gonna talk about the three things that we believe makes a strong coach or a strong head coach. Organization, communication, and building relationships. Then we ask five to eight very specific questions outside of the tell us about yourself. We never really ask that. Mm -hmm. We ask more questions like, you know, you have a parent, parent shows up, she's highly upset about her daughter's playing time, go. Very situational. Very situational because you get more out of them. You know, you, you know, how you, you, know, you always want to see how your kids handle pressure. We try to do the same with our coaches. And so when we do finally select our top coach and our, we make the offer, we feel very comfortable that we're not going to get surprised down the road with making a poor decision uh, because we feel we've done enough of the process. Post-game interviews and student-athletes being interviewed, you know, how do you make sure that they're not misrepresenting themselves? We like our head coach to be involved in a post-game interview with a student-athlete. Um, typically, they're going to watch what they say in front of their head coach. Um, so that, that helps uh, quite a bit. I've been doing this for over 30 years. I've talked to thousands of kids. Some of them just say things they shouldn't say. And I, 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 I save them from themselves. I, I don't put any of that stuff on there. Because one, I got to deal with that coach again. And I'm not trying to make a 16-year-old kid look bad. N none of us are. Now, I can't speak for TV <laughs> or those, you know, the, 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 these streaming sites are just popping up. And I think what's really helpful, at least to me, I get as specific as I can with my question. I'm not gonna, I, I don't wanna, I'm not gonna ask, well, how's it feel to win this game? Or, you know, I'm gonna say, okay, on that, on that pass where you threw the, you know, what did you see on that pass where you, where, where you threw it to, to Joe or whatever? What did you see in that play? I try to get really specific on that, and there's no way you can, <laughs> and as long as you're specific with it, there's no way you can answer that badly. But I do think training needs to be need, is needed for the coaches, not really long in depth, but just help them out to make sure that they don't get themselves in the weeds. And then same goes for kids because, you know, the phones, the, that stuff, the stuff that we did in high school, nobody knows about. They're just long, story, you know, long ago stories. But our kids now, they need to know that, you know, there are people who don't get drafted. There are people who don't get their scholarships because they, somebody uncovers something on social media. What's something new that you've installed into your athletic department that's had immense impact on the people, uh, the coaches, the administrators, and even the students maybe? I think probably the first thing that comes to mind is our new video that we've launched, 50 with Frazier. Um, okay. That video just goes directly to coaches. It goes to every coach in the district. And it's just a simple, simple 50 second, you know, minute video of myself. But it's just, it's a lesson, um, just something that they can just kind of take with them and just hopefully challenge them, give them something to think about. Um, you know, one of the lessons that, um, you know, we paralleled was off of The Voice, the TV show The Voice, which everybody knows. And so just kind of, um, you know, taking an idea that f flies through my mind and putting it down in a video and, and just kind of allowing my video producer to just kind of get creative with that. We have, we have received a lot of great feedback on that and I think it, it's just a feel good for them. And it gives you opportunity to get in front of all of them yes. every month, all 200 of them. That's exactly right. Without that's, calling another meeting, without calling another Zoom. Like, here, 50 seconds. And Pat, that's a great, that is a great point because I don't, I always see my head coaches and I always see our coordinators, our leadership, but I don't get to always see that seventh grade B team basketball coach. That's great. Yeah, absolutely.
One of my favorite TV shows is The Voice. I find it so entertaining, and if you haven't seen it before, it's a knockoff a little bit from the American Idol. Contestants come on and they display their vocal ability trying to get a judge to choose them. However, what's different about The Voice is the judges keep their backs turned through the entire performance so that contestants are only based solely on their vocal ability. And so the question is, as coaches, if kids and parents had to choose to be a part of your program just based purely on how you talk to kids and the things you said to them, would, one, would they want to be a part of your program? The way you talk to them in practice, the things you say on the sideline, especially when things are intense. Would kids, and especially parents, would they get excited about their kids playing for you? And then ultimately, the challenge in the voice is to get all four chairs to turn around. So is you, if you are coaching, would all four chairs turn around for you? That's the challenge. What I want to spend my time on today is what we call our coaches compliance notebook. We have a whole list of agenda items that we uh, that our coaches put together, uh, that put them in a notebook and they bring it to us. We sit down and uh, and we just go through it. It's, uh, it's all items that they can find on our rank one uh, coaches toolkit and they can go in there and pull these items out and they can build their note notebook from there and put the right information on there. And one of the most important things we start with is the coaches compliance. All the coaches that are on staff, their roster, their names, uh, we want a copy of their association cards. Then we get into the team compliance. What, what are your rosters look like? Those grade checks, like uh, officials, bus requests, school district guidelines. We have a, a student travel guidelines notebook that is made from our school district. We make sure that our coaches have read that. Who's in charge of notifying the media? Uh, booster club contacts. And then the safety part of our compliance program is our uh, facility checklist. And we use this form, uh, you know, beyond typical communication with an email. This helps us document issues that we may have going on with a, with a facility that we can kind of speed up the process with our, uh, with our facility management team in, in our school district. And then most importantly with health and safety is that we have an action plan for emer emergencies. As far as team rules and you know lettering policy, sports-specific code of conduct, we have our athletic rules in our district, and we, we want to see your team rules at the same time to make sure that they do not conflict with our district rules. Uh, and then we want to see your coaching plan. What's your goals? How are you going to operate? We tell our head coaches it's their program from six through twelve. You know how are you going to how are you going to manage the coaches at each level? We want we want to see that. And then team goals, expectations for the seasons, uh, season goals. What do, what are your thoughts? What kind of team do you have? You know, it's, it provides one-on-one -on -one, uh, opportunity for you to talk with your AD and talk about talk about what kind of team you have. So this compliance notebook that we put together, we will take this from them. We'll take the content out. We'll file it in our office, and we'll always have it available in our office so that as the season goes by, we can always reflect back to what's going on and, and who's available, what coaches are, might be impacted, what students might be impacted, and, uh, and, and, and what your rules, team rules look like if there's ever a question that comes to us from either a parent or an outside source. What is the value of this being a meeting in person, a 
opposed to just a checkbox on a Google Sheet? It's very difficult for us with when we're a multi-high school district and we have so many coaches in our district. You know, that one-on-one -on -one time is very valuable to us. And, and in turn, I think it's very valuable for our coaches to be able, be able to have a sit-down meeting with, uh, with their athletic director as well. How do you advise someone who has an unrealistic view of their readiness to be an athletic director? Something that uh, I've had principals do with me and I've had our AD do with coaches is set in on some of these parent meetings. That's been done twice, and right now Bruce Folletti's 0 for 2. The two assistants that were young that thought they wanted to be ADs after setting in, one of them did about five to seven parent meetings that year. The other one only did three or four. They decided that wasn't for them. Make that assistant coach be an administrator on duty at a basketball game. If you've never done that before, uh, first of all, there is a talk you need to have with them before they have that duty because there are some very specific required duties by the UIL. But have them experience that official calling them over and go, big guy in the fourth row with glasses, he's got to go. And have them walk that person out and all, everything that goes with that. They may decide real quick they don't want to be an athletic director. So. For me, I, I didn't enjoy staff meetings. I hated staff meetings, especially as a, as a teacher coach. I'm like, can you just email me that information? There's two things we can give our, as an administrator. I can give you money and I can give you time. And so uh, I try to make sure I don't take as much of their time uh, as I can, but there's, there's a lot of reasons why to have staff meetings. And so when I do my all coaches meeting, when I bring them all in, we have assigned seating. And, and so I, I sit in one spot. And, and I put nameplates out on that first meeting. I tell them, every time you come back to this table, the nameplates won't be there, but we're, we're going to sit in the same structure. And then every time we have a meeting and the agenda, every coach or every person around that table is listed in that order, and they may or may not have something to talk about, but they know when it gets around that, that order that we're going to talk. And so having that structure has helped speed up our meetings because some coaches at certain times of the year don't have anything to say or any, any uh, update on that. But there's three things that, that are very important to me in a meeting, and our coaches understand this, is uh, I'm going to have an agenda. I'm going to set an agenda. I'm going to send it, send it to them a week in advance, and I want you to add or tell me, hey, you can delete that. We've already covered that. Um, and so I send the agenda ahead of time, and they edit this. We're going to start on time. They know that, and, and they know for me it's, uh, and I learned this from my superintendent, and I, and I learned it the hard way on my first meeting with them. You better be there 15 minutes ahead of time. Technology's put up unless technology is told technology's being used. Uh, you, gotta, you gotta say those things because there's so many people, even for me, I went to his meeting and I use an iPad Pro and I write on it and I use it as a notepad. I don't use these very much anymore. I use it all technology because I would lose it. And so uh, he had to tell me one time, he was like, hey, I know that's your notebook, but no technology uh, in, in a meeting. And so that, that, that was very big in learning for me is, well, yeah, it's, I want to make sure coaches are paying attention because if we're taking up their time, I want to make sure it means something. Do they ever get burned out? 1,300 yes. events, seven administrators, and then you got custodial yes. staff. The custodial staff is getting burned out now more than ever because of overtime. So one of the things we did was uh, we went to Home Depot, me and some of, my, some of the staff, we went to Home Depot and we talked to them and asked them, hey, you know, our staff's working a lot of hours. We'd like to take care of them, our custodians especially. Is there any way you can donate a grill? And we'd like to be able to grill for these guys. And they said, sure. So they donated a gas grill. So we took that gas grill and it's sitting at our, at our gym where our custodians are at, our office at. 
And so they have free reign to go there and use that thing anytime they want to. Uh, there's times I'll go to Sam's Costco, buy a bunch of hamburger meat, the vegetables, the buns, and come back. And I'll say, all right, I'll tell the, the head custodian, I'll say, look, tell your guys to be here at noon. I'm going to be flipping burgers. So they'll come at noon and we'll be flipping burgers and serving burgers and hot dogs, things like that. Um, I'll tell you what, they, not only do they have ownership, they have pride. And I'll give you an example of pride. Um, I had a lady come up to me at a football game and with two of my custodians. And, you know, when a when when fan's coming up with two custodians, you say, okay, what's going, happen, going on? Well, she came up just to praise them because she had had gloves on, and when she took them off her, to throw them in the trash, her A&M ring came off, went into the trash. Well, she, she found them and asked them if they knew where it was. Well, they went and looked in the trash can and it wasn't there. Well, she just thought she had lost her ring. Well, those two custodians went off to the dumpster, pulled out every bag, went through every bag until they found that A&M ring, and then they found her in the bleachers and gave her her ring back. That's pride. It would have been so easy for them to say, you know what, not my ring, not my problem. But they have pride in how people view Northeast because they've been there for so long. And, you know, we're down to 12, 13 custodians right now, and maintenance people. We're supposed to have 24 to 25. And so they are working a lot of overtime. Uh, and it would have been, been so easy for them to say, I don't have time to deal with this. Well, they took time. They went out there. They found the ring. And that is, uh, you know, that, that parent, you know, the, the rule is one tells nine and all those nine tell nine. And it just spreads the word of how, how hard they work for Northeast and things. So I thought that was awesome. And that's, they do that all the time. You know, I can tell them, look, we're going to do this, but let's wait till this afternoon and I'll get some people down there. And we'll help you. Well, we'll go to lunch, come back, and they've already done it with a short staff. And, you know, and I'm always telling them, so look, you need to wait and let us help you out. Like, it's nothing for, for me and, and another athletic director to jump on a mower and, and mow. Like, we host cross-country. We host a lot of cross-country meets. Well, we help mow because we're shorthanded. So when we do little things like that, our custodian staff looks and say, hey, you know what? They're part of us. We're part of them. We're all big one family. Can you give me just the, the expanse of how many vendors are here, how big the hall is? There are probably 130 different booths in here, 80 of which are exhibitors and 50 of which are the, are larger sponsors. What's the theme of what you're seeing this year at the trade show? Um, a lot of the video boards. A lot of the video boards have a lot of new things that you can do, students can do in the community with the schools. Everyone seems to have a big scoreboard, a uh, jumbotron. Um, and we don't. I mean, you can show movies on those things. You can do for some fundraisers. I need to know what's, what I don't know. And that's one of the great things about the vendors that we have here, that uh, they're bringing in products uh, and introducing us to trends in, in our industry that uh, people like me who are in a central office, we don't get to see as often. Why not use that same drone with great camera quality on Friday nights, filming your end zone camera? What will we see here tonight? Like, what is this show going to be? So this is just going to showcase a little bit about what we can do on a field, on a smaller scale, but just to kind of open the eyes of the athletic director that's looking to see what's out there and to see what kind of experiences they can create for their, for their fans. I'm in the locker business this year. I needed to find some lockers uh, for some older, older uh, locker rooms, and I needed to also see if there was anybody who could work on lockers. There's not very many vendors that want to work on some older locker rooms. Uh, what we've introduced is covers with non-slip finishes on one side, and they are ADA compliant. Um, along with the uh, storage rack, which helps them handle the systems, that, uh, that pretty much would be the newest innovation 
in this particular industry. If you put sports you across your athletic department, get it into the hands of your coaches, you're able to streamline communication, have a baseline in your standard of communication, and make sure that all of your stakeholders in your athletic department are on the same page with instant notifications and the ability to engage your whole athletic community with a one-stop communication specialty. Newest thing in your industry that ADs across the country need to know about? That the music's not getting any cleaner, it's going to get worse. We did a study, Billboard Top 100 for last year. Of that Top 100 song, 67 of them would have been inappropriate to play at a ball game. And that's just going to get worse every year because of streaming and less music being played on public radio stations. Vital Signs, I see you supporting a lot of podcasts in the AD education space. I don't think I've ever seen what it actually is. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to follow the customer down this path of doing tributes for their athletic legacy and their school history. And what the customer is telling us they need right now is more and more help with the content that goes on the system. So we now actually consider ourselves to be more in the storytelling business and less in the technology business. And we're building more and more content product to help our customers work with the, work with the wall of fame. Hometown ticketing has been what's new, what's new, what's new. So going into the fall of 2023, what's new for high school sports? If I had to boil it all down, to one thing, it would be social media communication. And what we're doing is we are bringing the best in class solution, a, a company called Box Out, integrated deeply into hometown and offering it at no charge to our customers. Imagine the ability to automatically send out once a week a graphic that says these are all the games coming up at our school. Not just football, not just what is the kind of the marquee event, but all the things this week. It almost takes away the posts I have to do so I can focus on the posts I want to do. You know, I had not put it into those words, but you hit the nail on the head. Becky, one of the things we're trying to do is find out what's new at the 2023 THS ADA trade show and BNI AAA is one of the things that's new here. Talk about your journey to get here and this being the first time the NIAAA has had representation as a booth here at the show. Um, so we just reached out to Rusty and said, you know, we really like to grow our relationship here in Texas and meet more of our members that are here and some of our non-members and in, in, invite them into the NIAAA. And so we gave him a call and he said, absolutely, we'll come on down. And they've been nothing but welcoming to us here um, and be able to support our membership here, share what the NIAAA does here has just been wonderful. Okay, and then you obviously have one of the biggest shows or the biggest show for high school athletic directors in the country. What are the dates? What's the location? Where, wh when, do people, when can people sign up? Absolutely. So we're going to be in Orlando, Florida this year. We are December 14th through the 19th, um, and registration and hotel reservations will open on July 12th. That's it. That was easy.